Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have heard on this podcast. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sober as Dope podcast. I'm your host, Pop Buchanan, and today's episode asks the question, are you an emotional sponge? And this is a very important episode for me because I feel like I could really relate to this episode, especially going back to the time when I was dealing with my addiction. Um, This is a very interesting subject to me. All right. So when we're dealing with our emotions, we're dealing with emotional sobriety, but then we also deal with emotional intelligence. And that's a very heavy subject and knowing how to deal with your emotions and not letting other people project their emotions onto you, including their fears, can be a very valuable thing to understand when you're dealing with recovery and addiction. Um, today's episode, I am using one of our favorite people in the world, Dr. Tracy Marks. For anyone that listens to the Sober is Dope podcast, Dr. Tracy Marks, I use a lot of her clips that I find um, online because she's the clearest, most um, solid and digestible forensic psychiatrist I could find. She has a really excellent way of breaking down very complex psychiatric and psychological issues in a beautiful way so she's one of our favorite people we admire and um we're big supporters of dr tracy marks and we really um love her practice a little bit about dr tracy marks dr tracy marks md is a forensic psychiatrist specialist in Atlanta, Georgia, has been practicing for 24 years. She graduated from the University of Florida College of Medicine in 1996 and specializes in forensic psychiatry. So ladies and gentlemen, with no further ado, we're going to go into an introduction where Dr. Tracy Marks talks to us about being an emotional sponge, and then we'll elaborate more from there. I'll catch you guys on the other side. Hi, I'm Dr. Tracy Marks, and I make mental health education videos. Today's video is talking about how you can take on other people's emotions and how to stop doing it. And this is based on a viewer question from Kelly, and she says, Hi, Dr. Marks. I don't know why I always seem to attract emotionally intense people. I get overwhelmed by them, and then I shut down and don't have anything to do with anyone. So now I don't have anyone in my life. I don't know why I end up with these people. How do I stop doing this? Thanks, Kelly, for your question. I would start out by saying, on the issue of attracting these people, I think you should see the attraction as a two-way mirror. There's something about you that makes the intensely emotional person want to be around you and hand off their emotions to you. But there's something about them that draws you to them and allows you to tolerate their behavior. Now, what I'm going to say is not aligned with any specific theory of being an empath or highly sensitive person. Those are terms that have been researched and defined by others and have specific meanings to them. What I'm talking about is my opinion based on general psychodynamic principles. 
I think one of the reasons you absorb other people's emotions is having a low emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence is the ability to recognize and manage your own emotions and recognize the emotions of others. Ladies and gentlemen, as we listen to Tracy Marks and we elaborate more on emotional intelligence and being an emotional sponge, I want you to keep in mind how this applies to your recovery and how this may be affecting you in your life. And I want you to apply this, do a little bit of homework, grab a pen and paper because it's about to get intense. With high emotional intelligence, you're able to distinguish between your emotions and someone else's. Making that distinction is really important if you don't want to take on someone else's emotions and make them your own. To recognize your emotions, you must have a certain degree of self-awareness. And it's one thing to recognize that you feel bad, but bad is vague and nonspecific. You can feel bad because you're angry, insulted, bored, or feel empty. And all of those emotions are very different from one another, but can be put under the umbrella of bad. So at, at any given time, if you're not clear on how something affects you, it's easy to take on the emotions of someone else and assume what they feel. Then, once you assume that other person's emotions, you have trouble managing it on your end. Here's an example. Suppose you're taking a break at work and you're sitting at your desk watching a funny TikTok video. Your coworker, who you consider a friend, comes up to you and starts ranting about how she's so angry because her boss gave her a bad review and she didn't get her raise. So she doesn't see how anyone can work in this place with this kind of boss who doesn't care about anyone. And she doesn't know how long she's gonna stick around at this place. Two minutes ago, you were laughing at the dog video you were watching, but now you feel overwhelmed with anxiety about your position at work. Should you stay in this job? Is it even a safe place to work? Later on that night, you have trouble sleeping because you may fear you may lose your job. Now, no one told you that your job is in jeopardy, but you just have this sense that maybe it is. Back at work, your friend settles down and you even see her laughing with your boss about something. So your anxiety subsides and you start to feel that all is well and things start to return to their usual but you still lost a couple of weeks of poor sleep and feeling anxious. Now, part two of this scenario is that this person is your friend. And when she got this bad news, you're the only person she ranted to, probably because you're the only person who would listen. But if you're someone who doesn't always know what you feel or doesn't feel strongly about things, at some level, you may be attracted to people who have strong, clear opinions. It's not a deliberate process of saying to yourself, I don't know how I feel, so I feel whatever you do. Instead, it's an unconscious process, meaning that it's beyond your awareness that helps you deal with your own emotional uncertainty by assigning someone else's emotions to yours. It's unsettling to feel vague about how something affects you, and it's reassuring to have someone who's more resolved about how they feel swoop in and show you how to feel. And this is an automatic process that happens like a reflex. And what's the evidence for that? the fact that you keep attracting people with strong emotions that overwhelm you. You have to be drawn to them in some way. Real quick, why is emotional intelligence important? Our ability to manage our emotions in a healthy way profoundly impacts our happiness 
and recovery on a daily basis. Therefore, emotional intelligence is of immense importance. Increasing emotional intelligence can help you think more clearly, communicate more effectively, reduce polarizing statements, foster unity, develop authentic relationships, feel good, and to feel good about yourself. Let's keep going. Another reason you may be drawn to people with strong emotions that overwhelm you is being a people pleaser or needing to fix people. If you don't want to disappoint someone, it's easy to take the handoff when they present their intense negative emotion to you. Here's an example of this. Suppose your partner tells you that he had this horrible thing happen to him where he felt exploited in some way, like people were taking advantage of him. And then he explodes about it and then storms off. You're left standing there feeling upset about what happened to him, and you feel bad for him. Nevertheless, you have plans with your girlfriends to go to the movies later that evening. So you start to get dressed, and he asks, where the heck do you think you're going? You remind him that you had plans with your girlfriends. He explodes at you about how could you even think about going out with your friends after what he's been through. If you cared anything about him, you wouldn't be able to go have fun. You think, gosh, I guess that is pretty insensitive of me to go out and have fun when he's so unhappy. So you cancel your plans. So to find something to do, because he's stormed off in, in a room by himself, you binge watch something on Netflix and fall asleep on the couch. You see him the next morning and he says he didn't get a, a wink of sleep all night and he doesn't believe you really care about him because how could you even sleep so peacefully after something like that happened to him? The rest of the day, you feel awful and think maybe you don't care for your partner as much as you should. You convince yourself that you're insensitive and you wish you could be a better person and you start thinking of ways that you could be a better partner to him. In this example, the people-pleasing part of you puts up with his need to see you suffer so that he can feel validated. In fact, you don't see it that way. You really buy into his assertion that the evidence that you care about him is that you take on the same emotion that he has and experience it for as long as he does. And as long as he's unhappy, you should be unhappy as well. But because you don't want to disappoint him, you accept this assertion and own it. This scenario works a little differently for the person who wants to fix or help instead of please. So the same thing happens. He comes home and tells you about his upsetting experience that he had, and you feel pain for him. He doesn't need to tell you not to go out with your friends because you're not in the mood anymore. You're so upset that you can't see yourself having fun with your girlfriends. Or if you do go, you spend the whole time with your girlfriends talking about his situation and how horrible those people were to him. Even if you don't take his side on the issue, you've taken on a project of healing him and you're gonna heal him through your love. But while you're working to heal him, you're also experiencing the emotions as if it happened to you. Now, these are not the only reasons that you can be an emotional sponge. We just looked at two reasons, but let's look at what you can do about this. Five components of emotional intelligence. One, self-awareness. Two, self-regulation. Three, internal motivation. Four, empathy. Five, social skills.
An excellent book on emotional intelligence, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to do further reading, is Emotional Intelligence by Daniel Coleman. It's a very good book. Check that out. The major influence on emotional intelligence. Our emotions are larger, largely controlled by our beliefs, the messages we tell ourselves, our evaluations of events, the way we think about problems, our silent self-talk. Your thoughts have much more to do with how you feel than what is actually happening in your life. Self-awareness is the ability to recognize what you are feeling, understand those feelings, and see their effect on others. Maturity looks like confidence, ability to laugh at yourself, awareness of how you affect others. Self-regulation is the ability to control your emotions, not react rashly or impulsively. Be able to suspend judgment and think before acting. Maturity looks like trustworthiness, integrity, open to change, responsible for your own words and deeds. Do not respond with rudeness. Internal motivation is an interest in learning and self-improvement, not for external reasons like wealth and status, but for internal reasons of personal growth and fulfillment. Maturity of internal motivation looks like inner vision of what's important in life, goal achieving, optimism, even when facing failure, a drive to learn, grow, and achieve. Empathy is the ability to understand another person's emotional makeup. Maturity looks like taking an interest in others' emotions, perceiving how others feel, anticipating the need of others, having empathy. Now here we have to be careful. You can have empathy without being abused or while totally absorbing all of the other person's emotions. So you have to be able to self-regulate, ladies and gentlemen, because I remember in my addiction... And throughout my life, I really was what people would consider a good guy, meaning that I'll go extremely out of my way to help someone. I'll be extremely concerned and I'm, I'm more solution driven. So if someone came to me with a problem, I'll become obsessed and self-occupied on fixing that person's problem sometimes even more than they are. I mean, they may be worried about it, but I'll be three days later. Hey, I got five different solutions. I figured this out. I wrote this. I'll go full steam ahead and I'll be taking away momentum from my life and momentum from my healing. And remember, recovery, sometimes we have to be selfish and put these things in perspective. So being an emotional sponge can take a toll on us if we're not giving ourselves the love that we deserve, if we're not being empathetic towards ourselves, if we're not being realistic, okay, we can't, sometimes we tend to internalize the world's problems while we neglect our own. I remember being more concerned about other people's well-being while I was on an alcoholic binge for weeks without even eating. I was more concerned about what someone else would eat. I would be more concerned about what someone else would have. And I needed help. I needed to, you know, kind of divert a lot of that love back to myself. And that's the point here, ladies and gentlemen. Let's wrap up with Dr. Tracy Marks and her next segment. She's going to give us some solutions to how we could avoid being an emotional sponge. And let's see what she has to say. The first thing is to increase your emotional intelligence. You start this by increasing your self-awareness. 
In a previous video, I talked about getting into the habit of being specific about what kinds of emotions you're experiencing at any given time. I created these emotions cards to help expand your vocabulary when it comes to identifying general emotions and being able to make them more specific. You can download these cards from my website at Mark Psychiatry. The second thing you can do is stop and think about whether what you're feeling is coming from you or is it because of the way someone else felt? Is the negative emotion you're experiencing something that was handed off to you by someone? Do you, did you only start feeling this way because the person you care about felt that way? And keep in mind, it's not always bad to empathize with someone and react the same way they did. That leads to the next thing that you can do, which is learn to manage your emotions so that they don't overwhelm you. And there's many ways to do this. One way is to practice mindfulness meditation. I have a video on managing negative emotions that includes a mindfulness exercise that helps you observe anger in a neutral way and accept it and let it pass. So the idea is that you don't have to run away from every negative emotion that you see coming, but you wanna be able to build an emotional force field around you that allows you to be in the presence of, of negative emotions, observe them, interact with them, but keep them from piercing your soul and taking over your thoughts and behavior. The fourth tip would be to ensure that you have proper boundaries between yourself and others. Sometimes this is as concrete as having a physical distance. So in this example that I had of the coworker yelling at you about her experience, in that situation, it may be helpful to push back and let there be more physical distance between her and you. And it sounds very basic, but it really can make a difference. Watching someone rant from a distance is an entirely different experience than having them rant right in your face. It's as if the further away they are, the more that you can keep what they're experiencing separate from you. If they get too close into your personal space, you can lose sight of what's theirs and what's yours. The last tip has to do with the need to save people. And there's different reasons you may do this. For some people, it helps give them a sense of control. You can take control of the negative things and make them positive. It could also be a way to distract from your own pain by focusing on someone else's pain. For some people, they need a damaged person to fix as a way of making themselves feel validated. So there's lots of motivations uh, behind the need to save people and it can get complicated. But suffice it to say that if you notice this pattern with yourself, it's worth taking a step back and reflecting on what you're getting out of it. What's the payoff to you to change the way this person thinks or to make all negative things positive? And I'm not talking about trying to save your child from experiencing the pain of growing up. I'm talking about a pattern that shows itself peer to peer with your adult relationships. All right, that's it for now. I could go on, but I don't wanna overload you. But if you haven't gotten enough, check out this video on dealing with negative emotions. See you next time. Thank you ladies and gentlemen for joining me on this voyage of emotional intelligence and how to avoid being emotionally abused and being an emotional sponge that can suck right um i want you guys to check the show notes out for uh this the full video of dr tracy mark's 
Um, are you an emotional sponge? And also how to deal with negative emotions will be in the show notes. Thank you again, Dr. Tracy Marks. I, I hope I get to meet you one day. I will fly all the way to Atlanta to be in your presence. If you um, are out there, just know, you know, I reach out to you a lot on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you so much for the work that you do. You are my favorite psychiatrist in the whole world. I love you all. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Sober is Dope podcast. Um, and please, really listen to this episode. Figure out how it applies to you, really, in your recovery, in your personal life. Are you absorbing too much of other people's baggage? So there's a lot of other components here. Are you taking a lot of because emotions could be negative energy? Are you absorbing a lot of people's negative energy? Are you absorbing a lot of people's fears? That's the question I want you to ask yourself. That's what I have to watch. You know, I could be in a very good mood, very empowered, very focus driven. And then, you know, I could speak to someone and they just project a lot of fear and a lot of negativity and just a lot of just, I don't know, baggage on me. And I have to be able to deflect it. I think the word I'm looking for is deflect. All right. We have to be able to say, well, you know, I hear you, but here, do X, Y, and Z. What I tell people a lot now when it really hits me is that you really have to pray. You really have to write down what you're afraid of. You have to write down all of these things that's troubling you. And then really ask yourself, are these are these emotions, are these feelings legit? Or are they just part of your imagination? Right? There's sometime a lot of people or a lot of circumstances where you could be in a a, a fearful position um and it could just be your mind right it could just be you it would be no real danger so sometimes you have to really be careful why because we know that continue fear um sustained fear takes away from our mental health our recovery and our physical health so the longer you're in a state of fear, the longer you're in a state of dis-ease. And that puts you back into a situation where you're not in the right vibration. You're not in a healthy vibration. All right. Um, and that could lead to a mental breakdown, a uh, compromised immune system, and just a lot of bad things and potentially relapse. And we want to stay in a positive mood. We want to be able to give all of our negative emotions and the stuff that we're dealing with in our lives the real attention that it needs opposed to being consumed with other people's fears baggage and emotions so remember it's important to be empathetic but it's also important to be mindful of how much energy you're giving out and watch out for those energy vampires i love you all you're listening to the sober's dope podcast catch you on the other side